Listen, just like Casey Anthony, you can't go back on the lie. You just got to make it bigger and more grandiose now at this point. Much, like, look, I much like Zanny Christ, the I didn't Nanny. try to knock my own baby out so I could go to Applebee's. That's not what happened. Please, please. I didn't please. accidentally OD my baby so I could go to Applebee's to get the two for Tuesdays. I was trying to get the tapas and the fucking blue cheese crusted steak. Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve, along with the other Steve. You guys, I'm positive. <laughs> and Ryan. What do you have? What are you positive for? Omicron. <laughs> Omicron Percy I just, I just made my uh, appointment for my second booster tomorrow. Oh, good. Good. You guys are vaxxed? Yeah, we're vaxxed. Oh. Fully vaxxed. Except the, I didn't get my second booster yet. I might wait for the Moderna Omicron specific booster. <laughs> I think I'm gonna wait for more really information effective. before I what? get a shot. That uh, I think the government is trying to. Fu- no, I'm fucking with you. I'm 100 percent vaccinated. I was about to, <laughs> was about to lose my absolute <laughs> shit, brother. The uh, the the booster is uh, it only like takes an army like grunt. it's only like four months between. Want. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be a new flu shot because people are stupid mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. If people weren't stupid and we took basic precautions, we'd be okay. Like, I have no idea where I got it because I had to go home for a family emergency. <clears throat> and uh, I don't know if I got it in the airport and then gave it to my brother or if my brother got it and gave it to me. It really doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, it's just been a really bad cold more than anything. We're, we're, my wife and I are both getting better. So The, the important and thing is the you made it through part the other side. It, yeah, exactly. And the worst part about it is the exhaustion. I mean, I oh, just, yeah. like, if yeah. I walk outside to get the mail, I have to sit down for, like, an hour. Yeah. When I had COVID, <laughs> it was terrible. I just slept all day long. All day. Yeah. Yeah. Now coffee's keeping me upright. Mm, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So you were saying, Steve, uh, did, did I ever notice a uh, an accent in family members I haven't seen for a while? And absolutely. My mom is so Jersey. <laughs> like, I didn't. I've never even noticed it before, you know. But she just has that like serious accent to a lot I, of her. Like she can change it at will and sound very like aloof if she wants to. Oh god, okay. She's an, she was an English teacher. Yeah, she still is. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you go home and you're just like, man, I don't remember people talking like this. But the worst part is the driving. Oh. It, <laughs> Because ever since moving to the south, I've changed my driving habits. I'm, I'm much more reserved at the wheel. I'm very defensive. Right. And uh, I, t- I kind of tend to take my time. I don't speed. And then you, know. you fuck around. You go up to the northeast. And you get in one of their cars, and it's just like, what is going on? You guys are driving by side streets like nobody lives down there. They got they got New York talk radio blasting. They're, they're, <laughs> they're pulling out of the driveway like at thirty. Going. They're pulling out of the driveway yeah, you know, at thirty. <laughs> yeah, like there was only one person up there was my aunt who, who pulled out of the driveway like with any caution at all, and I I like thanked her for it. I was like, thank you for looking both ways before you pull out of the driveway backwards. The, the craziest thing too is like if you live up there long enough, that's just the way you drive. 
And Dude, I remember driving that and way. And you become accustomed to it, and it's, from what I understand, it's actually safer to drive like that than it is to be defensive. I don't understand no. if that's true. Maybe. I, I think the whole thing is, uh, is uh, what was it? Um, the best thing I've ever heard about driving is be predictable. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, if, if, if anybody needs to, like, drive better, then you should tell them that. Like, be predictable. Unless you're being chased speed. by the cops. Unless you're being chased oh. by the cops, in which case, be totally unpredictable. Put on that left blinker when you're turning right. But being chased, get is, it. Not, being ch- being chased is not driving, right? It's specific. The cops, the cops will always fall for that, dude. by the way. They Every will time. always yeah. fall for it. Oh, God, they'll throw up the, jump out what of the happened? car, throw the hat on the ground, jump up and down on it. Oh, God damn it. The guys in the helicopter, we have a left turn signal. We have a left turn signal. He turns right. Where oh, no, did he we go? Right. Who could have seen this coming? It's going to take us 25 minutes to turn this helicopter right. It's like, it's like, we already went left. It's like turning your lights off at night and, pe- like, in media and stuff, and they act like you just went invisible. Like, you just activated the cloaking device. Like, you're, like you're driving a Romulan Warbird, and you just activated the cloaking device, and you just. Like, bro, you're under a street light. We can see you. <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of street lights. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about Streetlight Inventor. Uh, no. <laughs> Johnny Bulb. Um, today we're going to be talking about notable Scotsman Gregor McGregor today. Mm. Gregor McGregor? Of the Clan McGregor. Yes, of the of the Gregor clan or MacGregor. Does um, so, that have anything to do with uh, Braveheart? Uh, no, but he is, uh, he is like uh, tangentially related to Rob Roy. The other uh, sort of like Scottish, um, like revolutionary uh, figure. Okay. I, the only thing I know about Rob Roy is there's a drink. It's like a non-alcoholic drink that you can get called a Rob Roy. There's a movie too. Yeah, he was like a. I wouldn't say he was like a Robin Hood type figure, but he was like a guy that rebelled against, like the. Um, I believe it was the like the British authorities. I thought it was like a. Uh you know, like a Tarantino movie, like Get Shorty, like it was Rob Roy. <laughs> got a Rob Roy. Oh, man. <laughs> Gotta get that guy. But uh, Gregor McGregor, he was born on Christmas Eve of 1786. Um, oh, that sucks. At the, good at, year. The, at the family ancestral home of, of Glengyle. Um, the family ancestral home? Ancestral home. Oh. He's up there, pal. <laughs> <laughs> need to, I'm like, damn, is, off, is this you, how we start? <laughs> you need to stay off the Pornhub. You don't know me. You don't know me. Which is on the north shore of, of Loch uh, Katrine in Stirlingshire, um, Scotland. Um, he himself Changed was the son of Daniel McGregor, who was a, um, a, a sea captain for the East India Company. Um, and his mother's name was uh, Anne. Anne. Um, they were uh, the family itself was uh, Roman Catholic, um, and they had been uh, members, uh, obviously, of, of Clan Gregor, um, who had been um, who had been under prescription uh, by King James the Sixth um, and the First in 1604 uh, until it was repealed in 1774, uh, which is about 12 years before he was born. Um, okay. This was the result of well, uh, prescription is um, where. Uh, so what you get from the doctors, we know. You mean proscription? Yeah, proscription. Right? 
Okay. Uh, um, what's proscription? So when it's a different word altogether. <laughs> so when when you when you're under proscription, um, the the clan in in question has essentially been outlawed by the the king that they've been legally stripped of their rights and ostracized that they have yeah. to that they have to take another surname they can't use the clan name. Oh shit! Yeah, pro proscribe means banned, basically, yeah. or like outlawed, illegal proscribe. Uh, but but within the context of like Scotland, this would happen every now and then with clans. Um, it's essentially, what happened was was that at the ba- at the Battle of uh, Glenfruin, um, a, a rival clan had been commissioned by uh, the King of Scotland um, to deal with um, the the Gregors because they had they had been violating the law and taking uh, rights that they weren't meant to have. Um, yeah, and so because the clouds, right? Yeah, sorry. Are these? Are we okay? <laughs> we're sure their last name wasn't Bundy. Connor McLeod. This wasn't like Clay McLeod. This wasn't Connor Bundy and Cliven Bundy doing this. Sh- I'm sorry. <laughs> no, because they weren't that racist. So. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> That's the difference, there, pal. These guys didn't have a problem with black people. But, Perfect. Uh, okay. As, as, <laughs> as as mentioned, um, uh, within Gregor's uh, family. He was uh, his great great uncle was the uh, the Scottish uh, uh, folk hero uh, Rob Roy, and also um, his family had also participated in the Jacobite Risings of 1715 and 1745, uh, which was an attempt um, to put the Stuarts back on the throne. Stuart, <laughs> <laughs> look what I can do! Isn't that the new like correct like the political new politically correct term for flight attendant is a steward, or is it the old way around, other way around? Steward is the the not PC term for flight attendant. It's a different word altogether. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. It's twice now. <laughs> All right, that's twice. Uh, uh, it's like complacent and complacence. Uh, different cool. things altogether. La- later on in his um, in his adult life, which which this will come back up as as why he would probably uh, associate himself with this. That that he had claimed that um, that he was a direct Stewart. that he was a direct uh, descendant of a of a survivor um, of the what was called the Darien scheme of 1698, which oh, was he was a dairy girl, <laughs> man. Which, go ahead. which was an attempt, which was an attempt by the Kingdom of Scotland to colonize uh, Panama um, around the isthmus of Panama. Hmm. Oh, that's um, not going to happen. Th- well, well, essentially, what happened was is that the, the Kingdom of Scotland, the, these companies from Scotland, embarked on on sort of like the same way that you have like the West India and East India Company. They had their own company that they were going to set up this colony um, in a, what essentially was Spanish territory. Um, but what happened was was because of the union of England and Scotland, um, the the Scottish uh, weren't getting the support that they needed from the crown because uh, James pretty much abandoned Scotland and spent all of his time in England and, and is just focused on England because it's the more developed of the two. Um, and then the, the Spanish essentially come along and, and like force them all to leave. Okay, um, well, here, here here's my thing. What year was this when Scotland wanted to fuck around 86. down there in Panama? 1698. 1698. So 200 years later, they had a, let's just say, a difficult time uh, building the Panama Canal. There's no fucking way Scotland. Scotland would have fucking done that shit. Oh, but... um. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. They could try. I'm all I'm all about hearing them try and fail. But <laughs> knowing what I know about the building of the Panama Canal in like the early 1900s, yeah, it's not going to go well Mark, for them. 
My great uncle helped build the Panama Canal. He told us over and over <laughs> when he had uh, dementia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was a good story. It was good to hear it repeatedly, too. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for telling us for the 47th time. <laughs> Rest in peace, buddy. <laughs> Uh, Gregor's uh, grandfather uh, was also uh, was also named Gregor, and he had the nickname the Beautiful. Um, he's he um, he under the surname uh, Drummond um, served with distinction in the British Army, um, and because of that, he was able to sort of like bring the clan back to rehabilitation um, and have them um, have an end to their um, their ostracism. Okay. We don't know a lot about McGregor's childhood. We know that his father died in 1794 and that he and two of his sisters were raised uh, primarily by his uh, mother and other members of the family. Okay. I'm just going to ask the question now. Is, is Conor McGregor in any way related or is it so <gasps> Well, he might be, but, you know, he was just laying low with a, with a very Scottish Egyptian. Right. Uh-huh. With okay. a katana. Who would talk about uh, what was it? Was Kamiko was his uh, Kamiko Kamiko? So this guy, Kimiko. so this guy Gregor never like threw a chair at a group of children or anything like that. Well, well, he is Scottish. <laughs> 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 so probably, probably. All right, understood. Um, a, a biographer of his who who will come up later on, um, uh, David Sinclair uh, speculates that uh, McGregor probably spoke. Um, Gaelic uh, for, throughout his early childhood and would probably not have learned English um, until he was around the age of five and a half when he attended uh, school. Okay. Um, but McGregor would also claim during his life, um, during his, like later on in life, that he had studied at the University of Edinburgh um, between the years of 1802 and 1803, um, but we don't really have any records of this uh, because uh, no records survive from that period. Um, but, Mighty convenient, but, isn't it? But Sinclair <laughs> also uh, considered it uh, plausible uh, because uh, McGregor was was pretty sophisticated, um, and his mother had connections in Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Okay. Um, he would join the British Army at the age of sixteen, which was the the youngest age in which you could um, enlist in the <laughs> army, um, and this was in the in April of eighteen o three. Admirable, even though it was the British Army, still admirable. Um, he he purchased his commission as an ensign, um, or I should say, his family purchased it for him in the fifty seventh uh, West Middlesex uh, Middlesex Regiment uh, of Foot, um, and this probably cost around uh, four hundred and fifty pounds. Wait a minute. So they isn't an ensign like the lowest rank in the military? Yes, well, well, usually an ensign is a is a naval uh, rank in in modern terms, but it's like the equivalent of a private. So why did they have to like pay to make him a private? Essentially, what it was was that there until like the around the time of the twentieth century, mm-hmm. the army of like Great Britain wasn't really like say like the army of the United States, where it was um, where it had like a direct central hierarchy, where they talk about like all these regiments and how like. You know, like how the royal family, like they'll join like a regiment or whatever, and it's it's almost like their personal regiment, right? And, and it's because sort of like a holdover from from feudal times and before that that these different regiments 
are are sort of like self-managed and they have their own like sort of court of criminal inquiry. Like, for instance, there wasn't a military court of inquiry for like that covered all of the British army until like the modern era. Okay. so so a lot of times what you would do and and this is also something um, you could do in um, in like other militaries at the time is that you would you would pay for your your rank. Oh, okay. So he's engaging in pay to win. Yes, it, it's <laughs> he's he's the, the, this gotcha game war. The, the loot box, the loot box mechanics of the Napoleonic Wars. Are, this fucking whale playing World of That's going to be the name of the episode, by the way. The loot box mechanics of the Napoleonic Wars. This fucking whale is playing World of Napoleon and just buying his way through the fucking ranks. Are you kidding he's just, me? He's just buying those golden, those golden shells or whatever you can get for the tanks that like insta kill. I can just hear his weasley fucking nasally voice. Mom, I need to buy more infantry. Can I have your credit card? Like, god damn, I hate this guy already. <laughs> um, so around the time that he joins the, the British military is around the time, or I should say the army, um, is around the time that the Napoleonic Wars start up with the breakdown of the Treaty of, of Amiens um, between um, England and, and France. Um, so, uh, Southern England is... Which is where the naked ladies dance. Yes. <laughs> they also signed it with those pens that when you click it, the, uh, the clothes come off the woman. <laughs> oh my god. You're, so everyone's got an, uh, a story about a grandfather who asked one, hey, check this out. <laughs> don't got tell, this back in the 50s. Don't tell your mother I showed this to you. <laughs> this, is what we had, this is what we had before the women had rights. Now, now, you might not think this is impressive, but this got me through Korea. <laughs> Oh my god! Wow! I went. Wow. I, I got all the way through a two-month deployment in Panmunjom with this. Um. <laughs> Filled a lot of hankies. To, to to prepare to prepare England for uh, for a possible French invasion, uh, the fifty-seventh foot is sent to um, Ashford in Kent. The fifty-seventh um, foot? What is the Shredder's fucking army? Yeah, you know he's just at the arcade smoking Marlboros. Like, <laughs> probably listen. If he smokes Marlboros, he definitely smokes Marlboro mediums, like some wishy-washy pussy. Marlboro mids. Yeah, he doesn't even listen. Commit. Ah, reds, I'm pretty reds, sure they were. Mid. I'm pretty sure they were reds in the movie. <sighs> Uh, okay. Could you differentiate though? Because the packaging looks very similar to an untrained eye. It was, it was the, it was like the red and white and black box of, uh, of a classic like Marlboros. Because classic a- Marlboro reds and Marlboro medium packaging is very similar. The difference is on the medium there is a white, distinct white border outside the entire <laughs> face of the box, where reds does not have that white border. I like how you're like the. Uh, the CIA guy that like analyzes like video where you're just like listen, well, if you're carrying this I did, zoom in. This was listen, a ceiling fan. This model of ceiling fan was only sold in the Republic I, of Congo from 19. 19- <laughs> I was a kid, okay. My granddad smoked Marlboro Reds, the cowboy killers, as long as I've known him, okay? And as a kid, he would pull up to the gas station, hand me a couple bucks, and be like, go give me a pack of Marlboro Reds. And the guy behind the counter would just give it to me. And I was like 10, and I'm like, what the this is this something profoundly wrong here, but well, I mean that's how it used to be. My mom tells that story all the time. Like when she was a kid, well, it's a long, much longer ago than you were, but when yeah. she was a kid, you know, they were like six, and you could send them down to the corner store, and they would just give them cigarettes and a lighter, and just you know take it home to their uncle or whatever. 
Like, it was like a, a fucking six-year-old walking into the store. Like, it's, oh, what do you need? You need it's Paul Malls? incredible. Here you go. But I did it incorrectly <laughs> enough. The they, like, I guess the guy behind the counter didn't realize that I knew the difference between reds and mediums. Did a couple times they tried to give me mediums. I guess they were out of reds. And I'm like, nah, nah, I know better. I, I'm not going to get yelled at. I need reds. Like, come on. <laughs> nah, I, I smoked reds. I smoked reds for about three months. And uh, that was all I could take. It wasn't I s- made to be a gaucho. I smoked Marlboro Milds for like two years. Yeah, Marlboro Milds were okay. They I, were my I, jam. I was a I was a Marlboro Menthol light guy because Newports were too harsh. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I went to Marlboro Lights for probably like ten years. And then you or hit not even, not even ten years, like actually more like six years. And then like uh, I smoked <laughs> I smoked uh, American Spirit Ooh. for like three years, and then I quit. Oof. Well, I also I can't really talk shit because I smoked uh, hand rolled tops for uh, five years, two months, and eight days. So now we're just like now we're just like trying to (laughs) one up each other. I hand rolled my cigarette. (laughs) Two dollars for a pack of thirty six tops. It was fantastic. The loot box mechanics of the cigarette wars. Um, But uh, McGregor during his uh, time at time at Kent, um, within a year of his uh, my mom smoked Kent Kent three one (laughs) hundred. <laughs> but within within less than a year of his time at Kent in February of 1804, um, McGregor was promoted uh, to lieutenant without purchase, meaning that that he was like you can naturally advance <laughs> to a rank. Made a win. Oh, yeah, made a win this time. Yeah, he just he just grinded it out instead of <laughs> you know, instead of paying for it. Uh, and, and normally this 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 promotion would have taken three years. There's no way. There's no way he grinded it out for three. Years. There's no fucking. This kid well, no, paid he, to win to get his first rank, and then you get to tell me he grinded well, it out it's for also, three years. No, it's also uh, wartime where there's a lot of like quick promotions in wartime. Ah, oh, so he's hedging his bets that someone's gonna get clapped, and he can just kind of slide into the new position. Gotcha. Um, but uh, later on, um, he spent um, a couple uh, a couple months in uh, Guernsey uh, with uh, the regiment's first battalion. Um, and then later on was posted to Gibraltar. Um, he would be introduced to a uh, Maria uh, Bowater, um, who was the daughter of a, a Royal uh, Navy Admiral uh, around that same time in 1804. Um, okay. uh, Maria, uh, being a, a woman of, of high society, um, that um, though her father was, was deceased, he was an admiral. She was also related to two generals, a member of parliament, um, and a botanist named um, Aylmer uh, Burke Lambert, who was a okay. notable like botanist at the time. Uh, so, in order to marry her, uh, he would have to pay a substantial dowry, um, which he does, and they are married at St. Margaret's Church, uh, Westminster, in June of 1805. Um, and they would set up a home in London um, at the resi- at the residence of uh, one of uh, Maria's aunts. Okay. Um, two months later. Uh, he would rejoin the 57th foot in Gibraltar, um, and he would buy the rank of captain for about 900 pounds. 900 um, pounds of captain. Which, which would have taken him, uh, naturally, uh, seven years in order to gain the promotion. Wow. Okay. They would, they would, uh, they would remain at Gibraltar from 1805 to 1809, um, and, and during this time, uh, McGregor would become quite insufferable, because he would be obsessed with uh, rank and dress and insignia and, and medals, which made him very unpopular with his regiment. 
uh, because he would he forbade any of the enlisted men um, or non-commissioned officers to leave his quarters in anything less than a full dress uniform. All right, listen. No, no, no. Fuck off. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, he just, just no. Them clothes. Yeah. I don't understand. The Scots were notorious for walking around nude. Mm. Just wanted them to have clothes on. <laughs> oh, that's why they just compromised Put with a kilt. Clothes on. That's why they compromised with a kilt. <laughs> it's just yeah. a piece of cloth around the waist. Like, all right, fine, I did it. You happy? The kilt. The kilt was a reaction to haggis, I think. It's because haggis doesn't settle well, so you got to shit real bad, <laughs> and you don't want to have to take anything off. You don't so have to deal with the suspenders the and the belt yeah. and the pants. Just squat where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not gonna lie, my buddy has a leather kilt, a leather kilt, and he I wears you were it. Say your buddy's taking a shit. No, no, right no, now. no, no. He's got a leather kilt, and he wears it on St. Patrick's Day when he bartends in uh, South Florida, and it's actually pretty fucking cool. Cause yeah, th- that's this like battle well, kilt thing. Well, he, cool. well, he goes to the gym constantly. So when he bartends, he bartends like with a kilt and like like yeah. a little sash, and that's it. So he gets extra tips from the ladies. Does he, does he have a, a skin do or whatever? The knife? Uh, what? A what? I don't know what that is. It's like a uh, it's like a knife that you put in the the sock it, when you have like the full like Scottish dress because I've had to wear oh. a kilt before for a wedding. Oh. Um, and and usually um, in like a modern kilt, it's it's like a rubber knife as opposed to like an actual knife. Yeah, because you can't unless you have a concealed carry. You can't look around with a knife. <laughs> no, I, I mean I don't know. It's it's a gimmick he does for St. Patrick's Day because like I said he's That's jacked. Cool, so he just makes a bunch of money by going like half naked, or but he's Linda. wearing a kilt and he loves it. He says the kilts are amazing. They have uh there's you know, they we have like the Highland games and all that stuff down here, so there's a kilt community down here. It actually makes sense. I would rock know, it if it was look, look places where it's warm in the rest of the world tend to have loose fitting clothing and Florida is the opposite like it just seems like everyone wears whatever they want down here I would love to wear a kilt but I'm afraid my location that it's, I live in I would get shot it's like the it's like the sarong like I was staying in a hostel once and one of the guys was from Singapore and he right. was he was wearing a sarong and I thought he was wearing at first I thought he was wearing a bath towel oh man those was, things look so comfortable though that's probably what they are. <laughs> if somebody normalize it. They're like, man, fuck that. I'm wearing this goddamn robe out today. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get some of those, like, the shitty, like, uh, Thai fishing pants or Vietnamese fishing oh. pants they sell on Amazon. <laughs> I bought a pair once just uh, to see how they, they uh, work. A woman I worked with called them uh, poopy pants. Yeah, oh, they God. really are. Because they, they, really they look like you They look like you dumped in your pants. <laughs> well, they're... They're like they're pants that are like seventeen sizes too big, and yeah. you fold them they're, over and then tie them. They're like ill-fitting Zubas. They look like Kanye pants. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you put them on and it's just like you got a big diaper. It's the, the Donda. It's the Donda look. <laughs> the Donda. <laughs> the Donda look with the Yeezy bottoms. Listen, bro. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. <laughs> Donda look with the Yeezy bottoms. <laughs> In- I'm gonna type these out as what's in the episode, and nobody's gonna know what the fuck we're talking Bro, about. Bro, that's what I do every time we record, so that later on when I'm like posting it somewhere, I can just reference what we talked about. And I can be like, "Oh, that made oh, me yeah. laugh." Let me write that down. I have down. a text. I have a text file for every episode because I have to. I don't want to have to sit there and remember everything. In in 1809, the 57th foot was sent to Portugal um, as reinforcements for the Anglo-Portuguese army under the Duke of Wellington. 
Um, and this was uh, part of the second attempt to drive the French out of Spain uh, during what was referred to as the, the Peninsular War. Okay. Um, his regiment would disembark at Lisbon, and about three months into um, at about three months into the beginning of the campaign on July fifteenth, um, by September it was garrisoning at um, at Elvas, which is near the frontier with Spain. Um, soon after this, uh, McGregor was seconded to the Eighth Line Battalion of the Portuguese Army, uh, where he served with the rank of major from October eighteen o nine to April eighteen o eighteen ten. How much did that cost? <laughs> Um, I believe this one was for free. Ah. Mm, okay. Ah. Mm. Um, uh, a historian of, of Michael Rafter, of, of sort of like a contemporary, like a guy who wrote about uh, Gregor McGregor while Gregor was still alive, um, it, he wrote in 1820 um, that McGregor, uh, that, that, being, that his secondment um, came after a disagreement between him and a superior officer, um, which was originally of, of like a trivial nature, he described it, but intensified to an extent that the young captain was forced to request a discharge, uh, which was uh, promptly granted. Wait, McGregor wanted to discharge, or the other guy? No, McGregor did. Okay. Um, so as he a, after he um, <laughs> retires from British service in May twenty fourth, eighteen ten. Uh, he receives the uh, the back pay of what he had paid for his ranks of ensign and captain, um, which was uh, 1,350 pounds, um, and returned to Britain. 1,350 pounds in 1810. That's some pretty good money, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's the- an equivalent to $4 billion. <laughs> Wait, are they back to the pound now? Because of Brexit, they're back to the pound, right? They, they've always been the pound. They never, yeah, they, they never, never, they never changed. That was yeah. part of Britain's problem with the the whole. They never went to the euro. No, remember the the problem with Britain was that they they were like, yeah, we'll join the union, but they did like nothing. Hey, listen, they wanted I'm, all the benefits without. No, but I, I don't know. I, I'm Irish. I don't give a fuck yeah, about Britain's I, news. You know, more, you know more about that part of the world than I do. That's just I, yeah. I just I, just, I honestly maybe I know I uh, like true full disclosure. I've never given a fuck about England, to be entirely like honest. <laughs> so I'm just Down like, Abbey. I thought, I, I thought they. Down Abbey. I don't know why. I love it. I, I love thought it these too. clowns went to the fucking Euro just like everybody else in their immediate vicinity. No, that vicinity. was their thing. Is that England uh, or Britain? They they said, yeah, we'll join the Union, but they were like, but we're not going to do this, this, or this. So like they were never really fully in the European Union anyway. They were just getting the benefits while yeah, they, being like they got a lot bang. of special treatment. Yeah, okay. Um, which is horseshit because every other country didn't. Yeah, fuck that. Um, okay, all right. But but what happens is soon after he retires from the fifty seventh foot, um, the fifty seventh foot takes place in the Battle of Al- Albuera on May sixteenth, eighteen eleven. And it earns it earns the uh, the regiment the nickname the Diehards and and a considerable amount of prestige because they're considered like a hero regiment. Um, Diehards. Did they have John McClane as the gunner in there? <laughs> McClane of the Clan McClane. Yeah. Um, their their clan motto was Yippee Kaye. <laughs> uh, but uh, but but McClane boyo. But McGregor. <laughs> but McGregor would always. Um, 
would, would always attempt to associate himself with the regiment because of that, even though he even though he had discharged a year before they the battle took place. So so he would he would try to sort of like steal the valor of the regiment with within a year of of the like of the battle happening. Oh, so he's uh he's outbondying it in uh, reminiscing about his days when he played. <laughs> Well, it's not even that because he didn't even score the touchdowns. It would be like if somebody okay. else scored the three touchdowns in one game for Pokai, and he was like, "I did that." Oh no! Oh man! Um, so he's stealing the. Oh no! So uh, when he returns to Britain, he's twenty-three years old, um, and he and his wife. I'm sorry. Uh, what? He's how old? He's twenty-three. Because remember, that's, that's it. Yeah. Fuck, I thought he was like 40. Okay, but he's 23 and like 1810. So he's like in our time, he's like 65. Yeah, he's he's about <laughs> to be uh he was going to get benched from the league anytime then. So. <laughs> yeah, he's about to be retired whether he, he wants to. He or wasn't not. a quarter he wasn't a quarterback, so Okay. <laughs> he was not a he was not a goddamn a franchise player. No, he wasn't neither. a franchise player. <laughs> yeah. For the record, neither was Tim Tebow. <laughs> trash. Oh, um, yeah. Hey, consider where I'm saying for that from trash. He sucked. Um, Garbage. He, would, he and his wife would uh, move into a house that was rented by his mother in Edinburgh, uh, where uh, McGregor would assume the title of colonel. He would wear a badge of the uh, Portuguese uh, of a Portuguese knightly order, um, and he toured the the city in an extravagant and brightly colored coach. Okay, wait a minute. You say he assumed the title of Colonel. Does that well, mean his he just fucking paid to win for that one too? Well, no. He's just he's just going by Colonel. He's he's just sort of and people aren't really questioning it because it's it's the eighteen hundreds. Oh, so he's hardcore just stealing valor. Yeah, he's he's like the the what's his name Colonel Tom Parker. He's just like I'm I'm the Colonel. Oh no, there's no way this can go bad. Okay, Colonel Tom Parker. Oh, Elvis's dude. Yeah, who was who was an illegal immigrant from the Netherlands? <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you not get arrested by well, the well, well, be white call yourself colonel well, well, fame. do you guys think the new elvis movie is going to include how he stole all the music from all them black people uh i i because it's baz lerman probably not but no <laughs> but but one of the one of the things that's funny about it is apparently uh elvis never toured like extensively internationally and it's because of uh because the colonel didn't want him to go overseas because the colonel was an illegal immigrant, so he didn't want INS to like find out about him. <laughs> so he was like, he's like, yeah, I think I, I think touring internationally is a bad idea. It's not going to be safe. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> God damn. <it>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. So McGregor, he's he's hobnobbing it around uh, Edinburgh in this like sort of like uh, this fancy coach. He's wearing a badge of a Portuguese knightly order. Um, and going by the t- uh, title Colonel, um, but he's um, but he's unable to really gain um, any um, social status in Edinburgh. So he moves to uh, London in 1811, and he begins styling himself as uh, Sir Gregor McGregor uh, Bart, um, which which means that he's falsely claiming to have succeeded to the the clan chieftainship. So if you call yourself Bart, you're the you're the clan. The, the the clan chieftain yeah um let me get up the but yeah the like the i don't know what the full version of it is um 
big ass regal title. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Boy, also royal title. So, but here's my thing. So, okay. Oh, it's a it's abbreviate it's an abbreviation of baronet. Ah, okay. Okay. So, like baron. So baron, yeah. So baron. Okay. So, this twenty three year old man child goes to Edinburgh. Hey, watch your mouth. He's Bart. Calls himself a colonel. Doesn't make any friends. So he says, fuck you guys, I'm out. I'm going somewhere way cooler than Edinburgh. <laughs> so he goes to London and now says, the colonel thing didn't work. I'm going to start going by Sir Gregor McGregor of the Clan McGregor. <laughs> Bart. Once again, stealing valor. I, okay, so what I'm getting out of this Bart. is this lonely motherfucker needs a friend. That's well, what I'm getting. Well, out it's, of this. it's not just it's not just friends. It's like getting into high society. Because remember, it's like he, he's essentially like trying to like like those like those people who like like sort of ingratiate themselves to like rich people and pretend to also be rich. Like yeah. that like that one woman who did that in New York. Like like he's essentially going in and saying, like, Oh yes, I'm a baron when he isn't actually in yeah. order to like get into their circles. So right. he's he's essentially trying to fake it in order to make it. Right. And so <clears throat> and here's the other thing, like, it's not like he's trying to do this to like find to like find women, right? He's married, isn't he? Right? Yes. But And his wife isn't stopping this, his wife's not being like, Hey, Honey, knock it the fuck off! Like nothing. Stop. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think she was around for a lot of it because it's not like they're they're probably going to places with with each other. Like she's probably staying at home and he's going out to like, you know, the social clubs. Okay, this is the eighteen hundreds. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's also too because like like this is also during an era where like. Just being like wealthy or being friends with like a like a like a ward is is not enough to like get you ahead in society. Like you actually have to be a ward to like be with these people. Like you couldn't be like a self made man. You know, it isn't like the gilded yeah, because these age. are old money. You there's can't no be new money. This well, is old money. Well, there's no such thing as old or new money. These it's no you have to be born into a it. Self made man. It's not real. Yes, but 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 essentially what I'm saying is you couldn't be somebody who becomes wealthy regardless of of how you do it unless like you won't be accepted unless you're born into this world. That's right, what I mean right. by like old money, new money. Even though the terms don't really exist in their time. That's what I well, mean. Like well, you you're, come you're, from money. You're not wrong. Either but you come wrong. from money or you come into but, money. But in and order there's no to way give you to an come idea into money of, and be on the same level as the people who were born with that money. Well, in but their yeah, life. but 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 what I'm essentially saying is, it's like even in Great Britain, well into like the 1980s, like like the people talk about like Princess Diana, like like she was from like a common like a common background. When in actuality, she was from like like minor nobility, like like they just they just weren't like turbo wealthy. Oh yeah, they never would have allowed that if there wasn't some connection. There. And it's and it's the same way. Like he wouldn't even be allowed to come into the door unless he was like like a uh, some some form of nobility. Yeah, something. You had to be something. Yes. Yeah. Um. And and even though. Or really fast. I've and, heard that. And, if, you're really fast, <laughs> if you yeah. run past the door guy really quick when he's you, not looking, you get your foot. <laughs> Do you see that? You get. You get I your cannot foot in even the door. see him. I cannot see him. You get your foot cannot. in the door. You know. You you just you know. You, the you doorman door. turns. The doorman turns Wait. around. You just strike out past him. <laughs> Forgot about the one exception, which is if you're Limmy. 
then you're allowed to do it. Ah, <laughs> God. God. All right. The lim- we'll call it the limit. Unless, unless they turn the weens against you. They turn the weeds against them. <laughs> um, uh, so even I gotta rewatch that show. So fucking good. Um, and uh, M- McGregor though would also allude that he had ties to certain dukes, earls, and barons that he didn't really. Um, and, and, Duke of earls. And, and despite him not having um, any any sort of like credible connections uh, to any of this, um, he he would sort of give an air of, of respectability that made him credible and, and people would accept him in London society. So he's just dropping names um, confidently enough that people are like, oh, there's no fucking way this guy doesn't yeah, him. He, he's he's got to be legit. You guys are not listening to me. He, what happened is if, if someone questioned him, he would just run right up to him really fast. <laughs> <laughs> he would just like... He would just get in their face like a scared straight thing and just start yelling at them and like a thick Scottish You're saying accent. I'm not Scottish? You're saying I'm not? I'm Bart. I'm Bart. I'm Bart. Give me your shoes. <laughs> give, give me your shoes. Uh, I just saw uh, He just looks oh, over to shit. another bed. Give me give me five pence. I just <laughs> I just sold your ass to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's how things go. Tell your boy to let me in this club. He's yours now. Tell your boy to let me in the club. And you you have to remember too that because his wife is is so um, from such a distinguished background, he's also able to piggyback on that because people hear the name and and, and they know of his uh, marriage to her, so they generally assume that he too was of a similar stature. Um, but what happens is, is in December oh, this, of 1811... He's like the worst kind of fucking guy, just riding on everybody else's accomplishments. Oh, God, I hate him. In, Go ahead. In, in December of 1811, uh, Maria dies. Um, oh, no! And, Maria! And, and because of this, um, he he loses a lot of his support from the, the Bowater family, um, and uh, he, he tries to... Um, he, he tries to sort of, it's suggested from his biographer, uh, Sinclair, that, that he had tried uh, limited attempts to, to sort of like build up his, um, to, to sort of build up his claim. Um, and uh, first he announced his engagement to another heiress, um, but, but this was done uh, so soon after the death of Maria um, that, that it caused um, uh, embarrassing uh, protests from the, the Bowwaters. Um, and and the for him... Fingers. And and because of um and, and because of that, um he doesn't have uh where else to go because he doesn't want to return to Scotland because he finds like Scotland to be like um uh, unacceptable to him. Like yeah, bro, returning man, to the family farm there. Yeah. Dog, my man is rubbing rubbing elbows with the, the you know, the who's who. The people who are gonna be on the red carpet. You can't go back to fucking Scotland now. You know the Dukes and Earls, you know Prince Albert. Duke, you know all Duke, these people. Duke, you feel me? Duke of Earl. <laughs> Duke He's in the Bart's Club. Yeah, bro. You can't just go back to a farm now. <laughs> he knows He knows Bart Scopson. Listen, just like Casey Anthony, you can't go back on the lie. You just got to make it bigger and more grandiose now at this point. Much go like, ahead. Look, I swear much like the Zanny Christ, the I didn't Nanny. try to knock my own baby out so I could go to Applebee's. That's not what happened. Please, please. I didn't please. accidentally OD my baby so I could go to Applebee's to get the two for Tuesdays. <laughs> I wasn't trying to get the tapas and the fucking blue cheese crusted steak. 
and then get my titties sucked and peed on. Steve. That's not what was happening at all. Steve, I'm a good mom. Steve, I'm a first, good mom. first my off, name is Casey first off, I don't want you to, I don't want you to besmirch Applebee's because it was actually Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, my, my bad, Applebee's. I take everything back. Maybe you won't deserve sponsors. And we, and we, we also, we also, we also personally know that Buffalo Applebee's and the degree of separation from Casey Anthony and her her alleged sexual proclivities. Steve, I will not have you sit here and besmirch Buffalo Wild Wings' good, good name, name when, when we all know that it was Chili's so she could get the two for Chili's, 20. Baby <laughs> so she could get the two for 20 with the free chips if she sits in the bar area, okay? There is no way... <laughs> My name is Casey Anthony, and I want the KC Mesquite Rub. <laughs> oh, By the way, my God. baby's high and dying in a swimming pool. My fucking stomach hurts laughing. God damn. So, he, he doesn't have a lot of options because he can't... Because he, he he's a fucking fraud. Okay, he, go ahead. He can't. He can't. And he can't like get married soon after the death of his wife because her her his wife's wealthy family would would ruin him. He can't. Um, he he feels he can't return to Scotland because it's unacceptable to him. So he's like a George Costanza figure. And and also too, he oh can't go. God, he can't excellent. go back into the army because of how he left the army because he requested a discharge and because of you know the the situation there. Um, it, it it wouldn't be good for him. Um, so he becomes to get interested in uh, that there are these growing uh, colonial revolts um, in Latin America. Um, against Spain, especially in Venezuela, um, and, okay. and and seven of the the ten provinces in um, in Venezuela have declared themselves an independent republic in eighteen in July of eighteen eleven, and this is the beginning of what's referred to as the Venezuelan War of Independence. Okay. Um, the leader of the revolution, uh, General uh, Francisco uh, de Miranda, had been um, in London. And he had been uh, feted in London society. Um, and uh, McGregor might have also met him. We're not entirely sure. But he does have an interest in this revolution. Um, why? Do we know why? Well, because he notes that when um, that when Miranda visits, um, that, that he's treated like very highly in circles. And that, that, that people love hearing about uh, Miranda's sort of like exotic adventures in the new world. You know, being this like revolutionary general figure. Yeah. Ah, okay. So he comes in and he's got that that suave accent, that, yeah. that air of mystery because he's been, you know, in yeah, the new he world, just, and he's he just randizes everyone. He's slaying, just taking all the. He's got the energy in the room, the vibe. Okay, all right, okay. And McGregor's not dumb. Yeah, rub elbows with this guy. So McGregor sells the the uh, uh, the smallest state that he inherited from his uh, father and grandfather. And he sails to South America in in eighteen twelve. So he so he sells everything. He can't even go back to Scotland now if he wants to. Well, yeah, he didn't he didn't want to go back. So he's just like, I'm not going to go back anyway. So might so as he's, well just so he's so he's burnt that bridge. Yeah, Steve, I've I've spaced out several times because I'm still not feeling great. Um, this guy is <laughs> largely not a, a liked figure in Scotland today, is he? Uh. Probably not. I would. We, we'll we'll get to that. This is a two part okay. episode. He he gets up oh, to okay. some shenanigans. Um, oh no! I'm uh, very much locked in. Unlike Steve, who's getting over COVID, because this guy is now endlessly fascinating to me. That he's such a fucking grifter. 
Um, <coughs> Who, me? No, not him. <laughs> <laughs> the way you phrase that sentence. Unlike this fucking grifter who's acting like he's sick so he doesn't have to be here today. <laughs> Yes, um, that's Ma- the problem. <laughs> uh, McGregor, McGregor stops off in uh, Jamaica, um, and where, uh, according to uh, according to his biographer uh, Rafter, he he's not um, he he was somewhat uh, tempted to just stop in Jamaica and settle there, um, but it, he wasn't really uh, received to society there because he had no uh, introductory letters. Uh, so he couldn't like. Wait, uh, like prove who he was? Well, yeah, he didn't have anyone saying like like any letters from like a, a high up person to announce who he was, so he couldn't really be like announced into society there. So he just sort of shows up, and, and no one like cares who he is because he doesn't have any sort of like cred. So nobody rolls out the red carpet, and everybody just looks at him like, "Oh, it's another white dude." Cool. Who Bye. are you? <laughs> what I mean, are fuck, you doing he still here? Jamaica. He should have still stayed in Jamaica. Um, beautiful. But- but uh, soon after, yeah, it's great, he, man. It's warm. They have a bobsled team, and it's nobody great. gives up. <laughs> no, John John Candy hasn't shown up yet. <laughs> he uh, uh, soon after he cool sails running. He sails to to Venezuela and and sets on shore, um, disembarks on shore um, in April of eighteen twelve. Um, so he arrives in he arrives in Caracas. Um, about uh, a fortnight, which is around two weeks after uh, the city had been um, largely destroyed by an earthquake. That's what fortnight means—is two weeks. Yeah, it's around yeah, uh, fourteen days. Yeah, about give or take. Huh, I, I, okay. I think it's actually like twelve, but yeah. Okay. okay. Um. So, and, and large, uh, large swaths of uh, Venezuela at that time, or what is modern-day Venezuela, um, had been uh, taken over by um, by further advancing. Uh, royalist armies uh, from Spain and the revolutionary government uh, was beginning to lose support and fracture. Um, but but when McGregor arrives, he realizes that because of this this country that he wants to fight for to gain fame for is a republic, um, he drops his his pretended uh, uh, aristocratic title um, and um, he he just goes calling himself Sir McGregor instead of describing himself as a baron. Um, and, and he'll claim that he's actually uh, the reason why he's a sir is that he's a, a knight of the Portuguese order of Christ oh man uh, is he trying to <laughs> is he trying to like stolen valor Jesus Christ's like, disciples now well no because it's like a knightly order from Portugal so he's not because they're fighting Spain so he can't go by Spain so he's like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, Portugal yeah that's the ticket okay um, alright but as a um, as a former British officer, and also from the the like a famous uh, unit, although he was not part of it when it gained its fame, um, he he's like received very well by them, and he's given command of a, a cavalry battalion in the rank of colonel. And uh, what was guy. his unit's name? His former unit. Remember that it was the fifty seventh foot, the diehards, the yippee ki yays, motherfucker. This guy <laughs> is like the MacGyver of job interviews, dude. He like he just walks in and he's always got the right thing and they're just like, yeah, you're a colonel now. Dun, 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 yeah, but listen, dun, this was the eighteen hundreds, bro. Dun, you could walk dun, into dun, anywhere dun, and if you just knew how to talk, they would give you any fucking job you wanted. Richard Dean McGregor. I was gonna say if Richard if Richard Dean Anderson walked off the street and he wanted a job, I'd give it to him. Like honestly, I'd give him a colonelship. 
you could literally walk into any town, do anything you <laughs> wanted, right? And then they could eventually find out, run you out of town, and all you got to do is go 20 miles to the west, find another town, and you can be whoever the fuck you want to be. This is the 1800s. Oh, yeah. It was a much different place. Yeah. Yeah, you could, yeah like, up until, again, up until the 50s, a lot of American, like, men had other families. <laughs> it's a well-known, well-known phenomenon, you know? It's, like, it's fucking ridiculous how how isolated everything was before the, like, 60s going into the 80s. Um, so, in his first engagement, um, his, his, uh, his cavalry battalion, uh, they route a, a royalist force uh, west of the city of uh, Marseille, uh, um, which is between uh, Valencia and Caracas, Venezuela. Um, and although they're not, he's not really that successful later on. Um, the the le- the Republican leaders are still very pleased with him, and also um, sort of like having this this guy around who's like a very notable and, and dashing figure to give like more credence to their cause. Steve, my okay. I'm on uh, funtrivia.com. It's a great website, by the way. And my knowledge of Venezuela is going up a lot because I thought Caracas was in the Middle East. So <laughs> it's great. I'm going to get so many more questions right after this. Oh, my God. Are you thinking of Karachi? <laughs> uh, maybe I'm thinking that's Pakistan. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's I like kind of close to the Middle East. Like, it's not Middle East, but it's kind of close to the Middle East. I um, you can give it. On, on June. Yeah. In, Pakistan? In- yeah. Yeah, not really the Middle East. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of close if you squint. It's, it's more you know what I'm saying? It's technically, it's technically would be considered the Far East in the antiquated term. Right, 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 right. In the, in the antiquated term, it's uh people from <laughs> your grandparents, Oriental. Uh, actually, in the words of Voltaire, it's the Mohammedans, I think yeah. that's what it is. The Mujahideen? The Mujahideen? On June 10th, 1812, uh, McGregor Wait, Mary's. the Mujahideen, those are the guys from Bloodsport, right, at the those, end? Oh, my fuck, you mean, uh, goddamn... <laughs> <laughs> you mean fucking Brave Rambo? Fighters, if yeah, you've been, yeah, Rambo. Bra- if, Brave Fighters, the if, if you If you've been watching uh, the the boys in the latest episode, they have, like, a movie... I have not. It's, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's an incredible... Yeah. Two, season two was not that good, and I kind of just... Season, know. What? Season, season three is, is really good, but they... It's just, fantastic. Season one was phenomenal. But, 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 season two was okay. It's, they it's have, fantastic so far. But they okay. have... But season three's been amazing. But they have a they have a hero named Soldier Boy, who was, like, the big hero before um, Homelander Soldier came Boy, along. tell him. And um, <laughs> he was, he was in, like, a Rambo-like movie, and he was, like... He's like, I'll never, I'll never uh, betray my or my friends, the Mujahideen. And then after they're watching it, they're talking about how problematic it is because he's been like essentially in a coma. And then there's like, he's like, no, they were the they were the good guys. They were they were great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time he jumps up on an LMG and starts firing, he's just yo. He's just sometimes unloading. you crank that, and sometimes you get cracked that. Um, but on but on June tenth, eighteen twelve, McGregor marries uh, Donna. Uh, Josefa uh, Antonio Andrea Artesagueta y uh, Lovera. Um, How many fucking names does she have? What? Who is a who is a daughter? She's schizophrenic. Who is well? She's also from a very <laughs> prominent family. Which if if somebody who's from like a, a Spanish like background, if they're like an aristocrat, like much like people from like an aristocratic like like Arab background, like like they'll have like like ten names. Um, so. She is um, she is the daughter of a prominent uh, family in Caracas, and she's also the cousin of revolutionary leader uh, Simone Bolivar. 
Wait. Why is as, that name familiar? As in, oh, si- as in Simon Bolivar. As in, as in the like, like for instance, Venezuela itself refers to itself today as the Bolivarian Republic of Venezuela. He's sort of like the George Washington of, of Northern Bolivia. South America. Okay. Okay. Um. So he marries into like one of the most prominent like South American families, um, in in uh, in Marseille. Um. So by the end of is that, that is, is Marseille in Venezuela? Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> trivia.com time here. You we are go. over two, um, aren't you? <laughs> I thought Marseille was in France. <laughs> you're, just, you're just saying it like uh, like you're like you're Arthur or something from um, Peaky Blinders. It was in it was in Marseille. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, listen, if you, but I mean, like that's like the intentional mispronunciation where someone's just like, "Yeah, are you in uh, Marsley? Is that where you were at?" Venezuela. Venezuelis. Now, now, Julio uh, Caracas. Um, <laughs> but by the end of June. Uh, Miranda has promoted McGregor to Brigadier General. Um, <laughs> Good. This, this guy just... Guy's great, <laughs> this <man>. guy, man. <laughs> you know? But, like, well, we, we brought you in for the colonelship. But, you know, your resume really is just impeccable on our hearts. But, so just, but, just, just, but, just giving your resume but, the but one of the, It's just amazing. One of the big reasons he's made a, a Brigadier General... Um, is because the revolutionary cause is doing so badly that he's being, like, rapidly promoted. Um, because... Oh, so I see what's happening. He's gonna amp himself up that he's this amazing guy and he knows all these people. And they're like, alright, this guy knows what he's doing. Throw him right up there. And he's fucked, isn't he? Well, no, what what happens is, is that um, in, in July of, of 1812, uh, the royalists retake um, a key port seri- uh, city of uh, uh, Puerto... Uh, Cabillo um, from uh, Simone Bolivar, and the Republic is forced to uh, capitulate. Um, in, in sort of the chaos of the capitulation of the Republic, um, Miranda is captured by the Spanish, um, <gasps> while while the remaining uh, members of the Republican leadership, um, uh, with McGregor and 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 Josefa in, in tow, are uh, are able to uh, escape to the Dutch island of Curacao, which is off the coast. Of um, Venezuela, uh, Curacao. In, yeah, in the in the British. In, I in have a, a confirmed QSO on ham radio with someone in Curacao. It sounded um, like a white American. <laughs> the only thing that I know about Curacao is that blue Curacao is a shitty mixer to a drink. Yeah, but it's also I think what you use to make the Incredible Hulk, right? It's a. Um, <laughs> or, or is that hypnotic? No, that's hypnotic and Hennessy. Yeah. Okay. But. uh but uh, Curacao is mostly famous today as being like a like a money laundering island, like like Curacao uh, and Aruba okay. were big uh, oil okay. refining, like like Dutch yeah. Shell used yeah, to be okay. like heavily involved there. But but right. mostly today it's like in, in like embezzling and yeah, it's, there, it's that offshore shit. Um, so they they escape on the British brig uh, Sapphire, um, and, and Boulevard uh, joins them soon afterwards. Um, so with Miranda, so what, Pris- so what happened to Miranda? Well, uh, Miranda is imprisoned by Spain, and, and Bolivar um, becomes the new leader of the independence movement. So, so they just ditched Miranda. Well, no, he's he's in he's like they can't get him because they've they've they're losing the war. They've the, the Spanish have captured him. Like, 
Okay, so it, you go get him back. Well, how are they going to do that? He's probably like locked in a castle somewhere. Go get him back, get him. bro. Yeah, he's you can't famous, just... He's a famous playwright and actor. I mean, they got to get him. Yeah, he's like how else well. is he going to write Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody know who that is. Everybody. Well... He was a huge nerd, you know. If he was, if he was, if you know, if he was able, like, if Immortal Technique wasn't putting him in like a trash can when they were in high school, technique. you didn't oh know my that. God, stop it! Did you know that Lin Manuel Miranda is in The Sopranos? Yeah, what? he's like is a bellhop. A, he's a bellhop, and then Paul Hessen, is this used to? Is there a place? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's like his old line. I don't but, know. But really? apparently, uh, Immortal Technique yeah. and him were in the same the same like grade in high school, and Immortal Technique used to bully him. I mean, I dude, I like I tried to listen to Immortal Technique years ago, and he just seems like a bully. Like he he's just seems he's like le- a good he's a legit crazy person. Like like if you ever yeah. like if you ever read about him, like I'm not gonna talk shit about him, but he just seemed fucking whack. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like he has he has legit like like mental issues that, that uh, like, uh, like, well, like I hope like, he gets not not Kanye gets. not Kanye level, but you know what I mean. No. Like not the Donda. Yeah, yeah. Uh, My problem with Kanye is the mental issues that he has could be fixed, but he just refuses to take his medication and refuses to do the steps. He refuses to take the steps that he needs to take to fix what's wrong. Yeah, so well, that's, that's my uh, issue. In his defense, that's how hard it can be. So. Yeah, that, like I said, that's my only issue with him is he needs to f- focus on his mental health, and he just ad- I don't have ad- an adamantly I don't refuses have an issue to. With him as much as I have an issue with the people around him. Oh, they being enablers should, as well. Yeah, yeah, they should be helping him, but instead of helping him, they're just uh, sick, probably sick of him. Yeah. And then again, I don't fucking know. I might be speaking out of school. They might be trying to help him. Steve, it's and this has been Steve's out of pocket takes. Thank you. The Donda. <laughs> The Donda. <laughs> um, so, because this is uh, going on, um, he um, uh, Boulevard uh, sort of says that you know they're gonna they're gonna sit back a bit, they're gonna prepare before returning to the mainland so they can successfully fight the Spanish. Um, but McGregor uh, grows bored and and he offers his services to uh, General Antonio uh, Nerino. Um, who was also fighting uh, for independence in the colony of, of New Granada, which is uh, around mostly encompasses um, what is modern day Colombia. Um, he Hello, um, Mata. he escorts Hello, Mata. he he escorts uh, he escorts uh, Josefa uh, to to Jamaica where where she'll lodge while he's there, um, and then he travels. Uh, uh, to, to Tunja in the Eastern Andes to meet up with uh, Nerino. Alright, so where is, you said the Eastern Andes, Tunja. Give me some sort of a locale that I can kind of like, like kind of pinpoint in my mind where Tunja is. Um, it is It is sort of in, uh, today it's like in modern, it's like in the middle of Colombia. Okay. Like just kind of um, like in the mountains. Yeah, it, like yeah, because it's in the Andes. Okay. Um. So he he goes and he meets up uh, with uh, Nerino, um, and um, so because um, because he had fought for Miranda, um, he's able to get a a fresh commission in New Granada and given command of twelve hundred men. Um, in the the Socorro uh, district near the border with Venezuela, that's a lot of men's. <laughs> um, so there's there's little action in the area. 
um, and they're they're mostly engaged um, around um, Palpeyan in in the southwest, where the where the Spanish had a, a large garrison. Um, so, uh, his one of his uh, historians, uh, Rafter, reports that that McGregor did like do pretty well in uh, Socorro, uh, and and he also writes uh, quote unquote by the introduction of the European system of tactics, he considerably improved the discipline of the troops, um, but some under his command disliked him. So he essentially gives them like he, he actually like trains them because a lot of them are just sort of like native like farmers. Okay. Um, um, and an official in um, in the district capital of uh, uh, Susuta um, e- expressed uh, contempt for McGregor in a letter to a friend. He said, "Quote unquote, I am sick and tired of this bluffer or Quixote or the devil knows what. This man can hardly serve us in New Granada without heaping ten thousand embarrassments upon us." Ten thousand. Just went for that high number. <laughs> Yeah, throwing numbers out there. I, I'd say ten thousand is usually like the the antiquated like term for like uh, uh, like infinity, like infinity. Yeah, that's the Chinese thing where they yeah. refer to the ten thousand things. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've had to correct someone on the Taoism board. Like when they say ten thousand, they mean everything. Yeah. Um. But but while McGregor is there, uh, Bolivar is able to raise a a group of Venezuelan exiles and and local troops, um, in the in the port of. Uh, Cartagena, and he's able to capture Caracas on August 4th, 1813. Um, but, um... The, ro- the, uh, the, the Royalists, though, are able to uh, crush Bolivar's Second Republic in mid-1814. Um, and, and around that same time, um, New Granada um, surrenders. Um, uh, McGregor would withdraw to uh, Cartagena, um, which was still uh, which was still uh, controlled by the revolutionaries, um, and at the head of the Joe uh, cracked the dawn, <laughs> and and sort of leads uh, local native troops in destroying uh, the local infrastructure to prevent the Spanish from using it. Um, a, a group of uh, a Spanish force of around six thousand uh, land in in late August of eighteen fifteen, um, and they are um, and they're not able to sort of um, overcome. The, the 5,000 defenders of the fortress um, and subdue it by blockade. So, okay, so they can't do it head-on, so they just basically have to wait them out. Yeah, because they're, they're not able to take the fort by force, and, and they're sort of waiting them out, but they're not really being that successful. Okay. Um, but by November... Uh, wait, how gonna, are they not successful? They literally don't have to do anything. Well, well, because, like, they're, they're still getting supplies. Like, even if they're blockaded, they're, they can't blockade, like, the... It's, it's on an island... Uh okay. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um so uh by November though of that year, um in, in eighteen fifteen, um only a few hundred men were, were capable of fighting. Um so the Like in the entire world? Oh uh, well in the in the fort. Okay. Um so they, they resolved that they were going to use a, about a dozen gunboats that they had to break through the Spanish uh fleet and go to open sea. Um, abandoning the city, but but escaping, um, and uh, McGregor is chosen as one of the three commanders for this operation. Okay. Uh, so on the night of December fifth, eighteen fifteen, uh, the gunboats are able to sail out into the bay. Um, they were able to successfully um, blast their way through the smaller uh, Spanish vessels, and they were able to avoid the larger frigates and were able to escape to Jamaica. They did it. Um. 
But when uh, McGregor arrives in, in Jamaica, um, as opposed to when he originally visited in 1812, uh, they now welcome him as a hero. Um, he goes to okay. uh, he goes to dinner parties where he uses embellished accounts um, of his part in the siege and also leading him to uh, I killed fifty men and, and also <laughs> and, and also sort of seems to imply or, or leads others to understand that that he himself uh, personally headed the defense of the city. Uh, one Englishman, uh, one Englishman at these uh, dinners would toast him as the quote unquote Hannibal of modern Carthage. Stop it. Stop it. Dude, look. I t- I, Steve and I talk about this all the time. Uh, job interviews are not about what you've done. They're about what you can sell yourself as having been able to do. Hannibal um, is one of the greatest military commanders in history. Probably. That's why you go for that. That's why you oh go for that. Yeah, you go big. God, you gotta go bro. big because it's hard to defeat the big lie. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. So... Um, around uh, the end of um, around uh, New Year's of, of 1816, uh, McGregor and his wife head for uh, Santo uh, Domingo, uh, present day uh, the Dominican Republic, uh, where Bolivar is is raising a new army to, to retake Venezuela. Okay. Um, Bolivar uh, gives uh, McGregor the rank of brigadier general in the army um, and includes him in an expeditionary force uh, that leaves. Um, that that leaves um, uh, OK or uh, less case on um, April thirtieth, eighteen sixteen. Brigadier General, isn't that a isn't that a downgrade from Sir Gregor McGregor Clan McGregor Bart Simpson whatever the fuck he was going by earlier? Well, Is a Brigadier well, General a, like a, a step baronet, down from that? A baronet's on a military title. It's a it's a noble title. Yeah, it's a title of nobility. Oh, okay. Br- Brigadier General's uh, pretty high up. Okay. He, um, wait, so he hasn't already uh, stolen valor past that already. <laughs> <laughs> supreme, uh, supreme commander, <laughs> supreme voivod of the armies of the east, uh, <laughs> Lord High Commander. <laughs> yeah. So McGregor uh, takes part in the capture of a port town. Uh, yeah, he, throw, he threw some chairs through the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you say it, I think of Connor. I'm sorry. Um, oh yeah. It, uh-huh. it, um, as second in command of a of a column being led by uh, Manuel uh, PR, but he's not he's not mentioned. They found Noriega. <laughs> he's in the Philippines. He's in a mansion. He's in Miami. What? 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 Um, <sighs> oh my but, god! But he's not mentioned in the uh, the battle record that's that's prepared for Bolivar's staff. Okay. Um, so after after the Spanish are driven from from a number of, of central uh, towns in Venezuela, uh, McGregor is sent to the uh, to the coast west of Caracas to recruit um, native tribesmen to to join the cause in July of eighteen sixteen. Um. So on July eighteenth, uh, about eight days after um, after the royalists um, are able to sort of break uh, Bolivar's uh, main force at uh, uh, La uh, Cabrera, uh, McGregor uh, he he resolves to lead a retreat um, hundreds of miles east to uh, Barcelona. Barcelona, let's say Barcelona, it right. Get that, get that Barcelona. Barcelona, get a little lisp in there. <laughs> the king's lit. Barcelona. Um, so uh, two two armies. Um, Sort of like Harry the the retreat, but <laughs> but, but McGregor is able to uh, prevent them from breaking his rear guard. 
Um, they they do this with um, they do this with no carts and, and only a, um, a couple horses. Um, so if anybody gets wounded, they're forced to leave them where they fall. Oh man! Um, so okay. So but I mean also. Also, uh, McGregor's not new to this because he left our boy Lin-Manuel Miranda without even trying to go back and help him. So he's good at leaving people behind. Well, they, they all did that. It wasn't just him. They, they didn't have a choice. You know, they captured him. doesn't matter. We're talking about Conor McGregor, McGregor of the Clan McGregor. So <laughs> <laughs> that's who we're talking about. That's who the spotlight's on. Fuck this guy. <laughs> uh, on, on July 27th, um, on his way east, he's, um, he's obstructed by a, uh, a royalist force at... Um, uh, um but he's able to sort of like lead his men in a furious charge uh, that prompts the Spanish to retreat um, and back into uh, Chaguaramas, um which um, which allow them to continue towards uh, Barcelona. Barcelona. Um, so the, Barcelona. The, the Spanish <laughs> would remain um, in the town until July 30th, which gave McGregor a two days head start, um, and they were only able to catch up to him on August 10th. Um, but but what he does is he deploys uh, 1,200 uh, native archers um, behind a marsh and a stream, um, and so that um, they're able to effectively repel the uh, Spanish uh, cavalry with arrows because they're not able to get through the march, uh, the marsh and the stream uh, easily. <laughs> the cavalry, she dead. After after about uh, three hours um, of this, uh, McGregor's forces charge and rout the royalists. Um, and uh, McGregor's party was able to uh, get back to Barcelona um, with uh, with more elements of the Revolutionary Army who joined them, arriving on August twentieth, eighteen sixteen. After about uh, thirty four days of marching, Barcelona. <laughs> He's gonna keep doing it <laughs> <laughs> until he says it correctly. <laughs> But but what this does is okay. Wait, 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 all right, before we go on, was this luck, or was this like he actually has a a minutia of like military intelligence? Well, he, he or does. Skill? He's not, or he's is not this hey, you've been in the military your whole fucking life, and you've just happened to pick some shit up by like osmosis? He's he's not he's not completely incompetent. Like he does have he does have some competency. I don't know, man. He paid to win this whole way by loot boxes, so I can't. I don't know about his actual. But that's skill what level. that's what everybody does. Like the the Spanish guys he's fighting have done the same thing, so it's not like he's the only one doing it. This it's whole just, fucking server sucks. It's just whales, whales fighting whales, just you know, skimming, skimming bills off their stacks. That his whole covered. server fucking sucks. Not a bit of skill on here. I need fucking skill based matchmaking again. This is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but this this sort of leads to the height of his his celebrity. Um. Um, and they, they sort of say that it's sort of this re- remarkable uh, feat, and he's generally attributed to having, like, genuine military skill for getting them, like, able to uh, make this, like, 34-day march. One time. So he did something correct one time. He, he demonstrated the broken clock theory in that's, that that's all that a broken clock is right twice a day. Like, so he like, did it once, and people were like, oh, this dude is, like, that guy. I just want to make sure that one time he did something correct. Because up until this point, I don't remember a lot of him, what him doing is being uh, particularly effective or, you know, uh, something to be lauded. This is the first time, right? Now that he's a brigadier general? <laughs> um, so uh, Boulevard uh, sort of uh, takes over um, 
sort of takes over running like the actual government of like the revolutionary uh, republic and um, he hands over uh, most of the command of the republican armies uh, to uh, PR um, and on, on September like 26th uh, PR and McGregor um, are able to defeat the Spanish army um, <laughs> at um, El uh, Junsal. Um, mm. But uh, what happens is is that McGregor and PR have several uh, disagreements over how the war is being conducted. Um, and according um, and, and according to uh, a, an historian, uh, David Bushnell, um, he quote unquote ran afoul of personal and factual rivalries within the Patriot camp. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be careful. You gotta play politics. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much lot. you try to steal valor. You still gotta play politics. Just because you're a big boy doesn't mean you can't. You know, the lodges are important. In in early October 1816, uh, he leaves with his wife uh, for uh, Margarita Island, which is about 24 miles off of off the coast of uh, eastern Venezuela, um, where he hoped to enter the service of of a general uh, Juan. Uh, Batista uh, Arismendi. Okay. Um, and and he also he also receives um, an acclamatory letter um, from Boulevard that states, uh, "quote unquote, the retreat which you had the honor to conduct is, in my opinion, superior to the conquest of an empire. Please accept my congratulations for the prodigious services you have rendered my country." Um, and and this sort of becomes like a like an internationally famous event. Um, and and it um, earns him the nickname of the uh, Xenophon of the Americas. The, uh, what? Hold on. You say the Xenophon, like the Greek guy? Yeah. Stop it. Oh my god, this dude is having his ego artificially inflated by a whole bunch of people that don't realize... Do you guys realize... validate parking while I leave? <laughs> Good lord, man. Uh, Alright. Um, so, uh, Eris Mendy uh, gives McGregor a, a proposed mission that he should go and capture uh, uh, one of the ports in either S East or West Florida, um, which were at that time Spanish colonies... Which could be like a springboard for them um, to to go elsewhere into Latin America. Let me tell you something right now, brother. Florida is not the place you want to come fucking around because Florida man will drive your ass right the fuck out. You're going to hear them banjos and and you're going to know you are in the wrong place, son. Well... Uh, by well, this, you're talking about North Florida now. Well, well, <laughs> well, well, but, well around you know, the time... The well, well, around the time he goes, the population of East Florida... Is about three thousand uh, three thousand seven hundred and twenty nine people. Okay. Um, Does that include Florida Man though? Like, because Florida Man is an important factor in calculating like military strength. <laughs> like that guy, let me solo her in Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, Florida Man hadn't really evolved yet. You know, he hadn't been. You know. <laughs> Trapped in the trapped in the cave like the eyeless fish, you know it had. No, you don't understand. Florida man just evolved from the primordial ooze of Florida. Like he came out of the like the prehistoric Everglades. The first I, I always man. considered it a more like the hills have eyes type scenario. Yeah, the first Florida man was Trapper Nelson, and, <laughs> and it kind of again. He's from Trenton, New Jersey, by the way. So the first Florida man moved from Trenton. <laughs> so we have New Jersey to blame for this. Okay, that's goddamn right. Um, I'm from Trenton, New Jersey, so I'm I am of good stock to eventually become Florida man. So I'm from Trenton, New Jersey, and I approve this message. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, McGregor, uh, he likes the idea, um, and he first tries to uh, recruit... A Florida man? Yeah, of, of becoming the Florida man. Um, and he he goes to Haiti in order to recruit uh, fighters, but he's not really successful, so he goes to the United States itself in order to raise money and volunteers for the cause. What year is he going to Haiti? Um, this is, like, soon after the revolution in Haiti, so this is around um, 1817. Yeah, that's a bad time to go there. Ah, I can think of better times. <laughs> um, so, uh, soon after he leaves in 1817 on this mission, he receives another congratulatory letter um, from Bolivar, which promoted him to a divisional general and awarded him the Orden uh, de los uh, Libertadores, um, the Order of the Liberators, um, and asked him to return to uh, Venezuela. Uh, but McGregor would not become, uh, would not know of this letter for another two years. Because it's, it's just sitting, it's, it's just sitting uh, waiting for him on Margarita, and he set off for uh, North America. Wasted uh. away again, Margarita. <laughs> on, on March 13th, 1817, he arrives in Philadelphia, um, where he receives a document from uh, Lino de Comente, um, a Pedro uh, Gual, and Martin Thompson, um, each of whom uh, claim they want to... <laughs> all these names, all of a sudden you get Martin Thompson. You just Thompson. get Martin Thompson. Just comes after uh, uh, Lino de Fuente de Pedro de Escuelas de Escuela de... And uh, John Smith. Uh, John Smith. Yeah, this is like the fucking... <laughs> the, was it the goddamn Key Appeal sketch? The goddamn... Yes. John Smith oh. BYU. Um, <laughs> so these these three guys, these three these three individuals want to speak with um, one or more of the republics, um, and they call themselves "quote unquote" the deputies of Free America, um, and and they want McGregor to take possession of of both parts of Florida, east and west, um, as soon as he can. See, that's where they fucked up. They were trying to divide east and west. Had they done the correct, arguably correct thing, dividing Florida north and south, because that's more or less how Florida really is, uh, they probably wouldn't have had a problem. Um, it's it's believed, though, that, that McGregor was, was sort of knowledgeable of, of what the situation was in Florida, whereas uh, most, of the, most of the Floridians at that time are not uh, Spanish. Um, and that... that, that he generally assumed, as a lot of people did, that, that eventually Florida would become an American state, um, and that he he probably knew that, and that once you know that um, that that sort of Florida had broken away from Spain, that it would very quickly join the United States. So it's also expected that he might have had at least some uh, covert support from the U.S. government. Ah, really? Um, and then do they want – so uh, I'm, I'm a little bit confused about his job here. Do they want him to kind of like unify Florida? Is that what his thing is? Well, well no. It's to military con- militarily conquer like Florida, the Spanish like territory. Like the entirety yeah. of Florida. Because Florida at that time – when I say West Florida, I, I mean essentially the panhandle. Okay. Because, because no they one They want him to go in there and just steamroll and take everything and say this is now Barcelona. Because no one, no one lives in like the interior of Florida at this time. Nobody um, should ever live in the interior of Florida, even now. Yeah, like it's it's pretty Thanks uninhabited lot, now, but it was like it was just it's just the skunk ape out there at this time. Yeah, just swamps. Okay, all right. Just the noble miaka and the alligators. Um, so uh, McGregor is able to raise several hundred men um, for the project. 
Um, in in the um, in, in sort of the area around uh, South Carolina and uh, and in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, Savannah. He he raises about a hundred and sixty thousand dollars by selling uh, quote unquote scripts to investors, uh, promising them a fertile land in Florida that um, or that they would earn back their money with interest. Oh, this sounds like like the OG grifting lifestyle. This this is like the OG like Florida Look, thing. Like you talk about share. the Florida man, this is the OG like land scam like Florida guy. It's a right? timeshare. This is so. This is the first domino in that picture of the guy setting up the dominoes to the gigantic domino. This is the first domino that leads up to Florida couple sells golden tickets to heaven. You <laughs> share time. It's a timeshare. Mm. Now. Now, now, see, it's it's cheaper than owning it outright because, you know, get this, other families are going to be using it other weekends, but, you know, it's still mostly going to be yours. But when you um, come here, it's all yours. Um, <laughs> so he, he determines his first spot that he's going to, to strike at is Amelia Island, um, which is... Um, which is a um, island that's sort of like by uh, modern-day Jacksonville. Um, I, I think it's technically a part of Jacksonville because Jacksonville yeah, is like in, huge. Yeah, it's in Duval County, I believe. Um, so at that time, uh, Amelia Island contains about 40% of Florida's population. I said, I said 3,729,000 was the current population. That's 40% of Florida's population at that time. And that's just Amelia Island. Jesus Christ. Um, he expected there to be little resistance because the Spanish only had like a tiny garrison there. Um, so he leaves Charleston on a ship um, with fewer than um, 80 men with him, uh, most of them U.S. citizens. Um, he would uh, leave the landing on June 29th, 1817, um, and the words he, um, he led the landing with were, I shall sleep either in hell or Amelia tonight. Um, the, 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 the Spanish commander of the fort, um, which is Fort uh, San Carlos, um, he had about 51 men and several cannons, but he vastly overestimated um, the size of McGregor's force, um, and he surrendered without firing a shot. So, what? So, okay, so he surrendered just by seeing these dudes thinking that they had way more power than they actually did? Yeah. God, this dude is the ultimate fucking loot box whale, bro. You see this guy just tanked up, and you're like, nah, I'm not fucking with him, not realizing this dude is fucking straight trash. God, I wish somebody would have just shot at him. See what happened. Fuck it. But, YOLO. Uh, at least most, you die with honor. Mo- most of the residents of um, Amelia Island are, are not really uh, supportive of McGregor or, or are not really like like fighting him on it. Like they, they don't really care because the, the community itself is mostly like it's mostly like pirates. Oh, so this is just like just when he landed in Jamaica. They it, just didn't care when he it, showed up. It, well, well, no, it's just like they're, they're just they're not loyal to anybody because they're all just like pirates and thieves. Like, like, it's a, it, like he just like took over the most likely cantina of like islands. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's just a wretched hive of scum and villainy. So most of them just just leave and either go um, to mainland Florida or go to Georgia. OK, um, uh, he he raises a, a flag. Uh, it has a white background and a green cross on it, um, and it, which he refers to as the Green Cross of Florida. Um, uh, now and, those are known as medical dispensary signs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he issued a proclamation on June 30th um, uh, urging the, the island's inhabitants to return and support him. 
Um, and and this was ignored. Guys, um, come on, come on, come on back, guys. I was just, I was just joshing you. Come on back. It was a prank. It was a prank, guys. Come on back. Um, and and as well, um, he also made a second proclamation, uh, which congratulated his men, um, and then uh, told them to uh, free the whole of all of the Floridas from tyranny and oppression. Um, so and, he also made then also after that made a proclamation saying that the moon is made of cheese. Well, well, soon after this, what McGregor does is he announces the the foundation of the Republic of the Floridas, uh, which is under which is in a, in a government led by himself. You just said Floridas like it's plural, like more than one Florida, and I just got a a, a noticeable chill up my spine. <laughs> like I can well, barely I you were do with say one a Florida. Chub, and I was no. Like, Why? No. Fuck no. I can barely deal with one Florida. I please do not turn it. Please, please do not make it plural. <laughs> um, he would. Um, he would attempt to tax the local pirates. Uh, through a quote <laughs> admiralty court. Hey, you guys uh, good pay. luck. <laughs> good luck, and, man. And Have he, fun with that. What are you, and, a pirate? What the and, fuck is that? Pay taxes. He also, <laughs> he also tried to raise uh, money. By, by seizing and selling uh, slaves that were on the island. Um, and uh, morale among his troops would also soon uh, like plummet to low levels after he prohibited them from looting. Wow. Do as I say, not as I do. What a piece um, of shit. Most of, most of the people he had recruited for uh, his army, though, were, were not at Amelia Island because American authorities had prevented most of them from leaving port. Um, and he was only able to muster an army of around 200 men on Amelia Island. Okay. Um, so his officers uh, want him to invade mainland Florida, but uh, McGregor claims they don't have enough uh, men or supplies to do it. And uh, realistically, do they? Uh, well, what what sort of... Uh, one of his historians, uh, Bushnell, suggests is that uh, McGregor might have possibly had backers in the U.S. that he was waiting um, for more support from, um, and, um, and that he like they never actually provided him with that support. Ah, okay. They just were like, yeah, yeah, we're on the way. We're on the way. Um, and then, he, he, would send, um, he would send 18... <laughs> well, they, they had made promises, and then he showed up in Florida, and it's not like you, know, you, can, you can even like call somebody up on the phone, so he has to wait like months for them to like get back to him. Right. God, fuck. I can't imagine living in those kind of days. Um, so he sends about 18 men down to uh, do reconnaissance around St. Augustine um, in July of 1817. For those who aren't familiar with Florida geography, St. Augustine is about halfway between um, where Amelia Island is and modern day like Daytona Beach. St. Augustine um, is it's, beautiful it's, too, it's, by the way. It's also it's also home to a very large uh, star fort. Um the, the Castillo uh, de yeah. San Marcos. Starfort uh, meaning a, a base by which um, spaceships take off. Yes. <laughs> Space. And the the St. Augustine starport. The starport. It is it is what Bethesda used as inspiration for launch pads for Starfleet. As as yes, seen exactly. as seen in uh, the, no the, the the book of Boba Fett. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Boba of Book Fett, yeah. Um, but St. Augustine, also, little-known fact, patron saint of launch pads. Who knew? Yeah, um, launch sl- <laughs> pads. <laughs> but um, all of the men that McGregor sends are either uh, killed, uh, wounded by the Spanish, or captured by them. Fuck. Womp womp. 
Uh, discipline further unravels on Amelia Island when McGregor uh, begins paying his troops uh, in what he calls Amelia dollars um, that he had printed, <laughs> <laughs> that he had, that he had printed himself, and then after that, doesn't um, pay them at all. Like he's, in his, he's in his room at night, furiously like counterfeiting a million dollars with a feather quill pen, and, like I'll just scratching shit on paper. Like, oh yeah, here's a here's a, here's a twenty a million dollar get the uh, twenty million bucks. Get out of my face. <laughs> Where can I turn this in for real money? Uh, that is real money, bro. Well, actually, it's like a savings bond. You gotta gotta sit on that for like five, ten years. That'll be worth uh, twelve bucks. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but uh, while while this is all going on, the the Spanish begin um, sort of gathering their forces on on the mainland um, side of Amelia, um, sort of like preparing to eventually like take the island. Um, so McGregor and most of his officers decide on September thirteenth, eighteen seventeen, that they're just going to abandon um, Amelia Island, just uh, leaving it. Um, so he he announces to his men um, that that he was leaving. Um, explained that he had been quote-unquote deceived by my friends. Um, he turned over command of Amelia Island uh, to one of his subordinates, a, a former uh, Pennsylvania congressman named uh, Jared Irwin, um, and then he would board the ship uh, Morgiana with his wife on September 4th, 1817, um, while, while an angry crowd watched him leave and hurled insults at him. Um he would uh, he would wait offshore for a couple days before uh, meeting up with the uh, schooner Venus on September eighth, um, and he would then um, go to Nassau two weeks later in the Bahamas, uh, where he arranged for commemorative medallions uh, made for him bearing the green cross motif and the Latin inscriptions uh, Amelia Veni Vici, uh, which means Amelia I came I saw I, I saw. conquered, and uh, and uh, Veni and, Vidi Vici. And and Duce Mac uh, Gregorio Libertas uh, Floridarium, uh, Liberty for the Floridas under the leadership of McGregor. So this like stolen valor little punk steals his way up to like Lord High Commander, right? Scoreboard, bro. Then and, uh, scoreboard. Then he goes makes a name for himself by running away from a battle. BT Dubs like in a retreat is how he makes his name. Uh, then fails spectacularly later on, and then has the gall to make himself medals to be like, yo, I'm like that dude. Like, I came, I saw, I came all over the island, and I'm that guy. Like, Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like that standard American grifter movie. I came, of like, I saw, I came. Like, I where you, where fucking you take hate one of your this big guy. And you're just like, it's like, oh yeah, I did that. I hate this guy so much. Um, no, no attempt is made after this to uh, reimburse or pay um, the the troops who um, who took part in the expedition, and also to pay back the people who funded the expedition by buying those uh, scripts. That's the Trump move. Can't go wrong. Just don't pay him. Fuck him. Um, eventually, Erwin's <laughs> uh, um, forces on Amelia Island would repel um, two Spanish assaults. They would eventually be joined by three hundred men under the the command of Louis. Uh, Michael um, Ori, um, who held um, the island for about three months before they surrendered it to uh, U.S. forces, um, who would hold the island, um, quote-unquote, in trust for Spain um, until Spain sold it to the U.S. in 1819. Oh, okay, okay. Because that's, um, that, that's the date uh, where the Fort of Purchase happens, when 
um, the United States officially buys Florida. Yeah, the Adams Onus Treaty. If I remember anything from Florida history class, fucking stupid, worthless fucking class I took. Um, so uh, a lot of the reporting on what happened at Amelia Island is not accurate, and this is largely because uh, McGregor himself begins disseminating uh, misinformation uh, um, uh, about what had transpired on Amelia Island soon after leaving. A liar um, lied? You don't say. So no. uh, one of his initial claims is that he had sold the island uh, to to Ori for fifty thousand um, dollars. He would have his uh, first son, um, or I should say, first child on in Nassau on November 9th, eighteen seventeen, uh, a boy named uh, Gregorio. Okay, um, sounds like a future like supervillain, but okay. So. The owner of the the Venus, the the schooner he had um, escaped on, was was an ex captain. Schooner in, is a sailboat, stupid head. <laughs> was an oh, ex captain of the uh, the the British Colonial Marines uh, named uh, George Woodbine. Weren't the Colonial Marines like the the Black Regiment for the the British Navy or something like that, or the British Army? I don't think they were. I don't think he was black. I mean, no, just the just the, the colonial marines. I thought that was like an all black regiment. Hmm. I've never I, heard of it. I'm I'm not sure, um, but but what happens is is that um, we'll take your he, word for it. No, oh, yeah, cool, cool. I'll take it. <laughs> Let me just check real quick. Me, <laughs> Jamie, let's let's. Jamie, can you bring that up real quick, please? <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> uh. Alexa. <clears throat> oh yeah, they were uh, they were uh, freed uh, slaves. Nice. Hot damn! Ryan. Hot damn! Ryan coming in hot. Win. Coming in hot, folks. I'm telling you, the, the things, the stupid like one offs that I remember from like history class are just incredible. Oh yeah, you're like me with the random like memory. <laughs> yeah. The ADHD, just every once in a while, all the all the neurons line up, and they're like, yeah. we, we've got room. Yeah, yeah. Drop something in. Colonial every now and then I'll black. watch got Jeopardy. It. I'll watch Jeopardy every now and then and feel incredibly smart, and then, like, I I'll go and, like, and then I'll go to, like, do something very basic. I'm like, duh. <laughs> yeah, I'm fantastic at Jeopardy. I, did, I still have an ISO of the first Jeopardy game we bought for a PC back in, like, the late 90s. It was oh, God. the best Jeopardy game ever it was fucking great because the control keys on the keyboard and the space bar were the three buzzers and you just Uh you get three people to sit in front of it and it was voiced by johnny gilbert and alex trebek it was fucking great dude oh god oh man so good but um but woodbine um he he sort of brings to mcgregor's attention that there are these um uh so-called british legions they're being raised by uh, Latin American revolutionaries in London and suggested that um, that McGregor himself should uh, recruit and command such a force. Um, so M- McGregor is, is really excited by this idea of leading British troops because for, for years he's been um, he's just been commanding like like colonials, uh, tribesmen and just like random like mercenary adventurers. Um, so he he sails he sails for Great Britain. Um, and lands in Dublin on September 21st, 1818, and from there makes his way to London. 
All right, so he's moving on to London. Um, so the uh, so the uh, the an envoy from the uh, Third Venezuelan Republic, um, he um, he gives a uh, thousand pounds to McGregor to uh, to sort of like recruit British troops uh, for service in Venezuela. Uh, but what McGregor does is he he squanders a lot of this money on himself in in a matter yeah, of a few weeks. He uses it to buy himself a generalship. You don't say. <laughs> no, he just buys he just buys the the medals off of eBay, you know, to <laughs> <laughs> Uh Oh, so he's uh so he's what's his name now? Uh from from Bloodsport. Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes, yeah. Uh, that's not a receipt for the trophy I bought. Nah. <laughs> um, a, a friend of his, though, um, a, a, a financier named uh, Thomas Newt, um, he takes responsibility though for um, for the debt um, on the condition that McGregor uh, take troops to to New Grenada. Um, so uh, McGregor uh, funds his expedition through the selling of commissions um, at rates cheaper than those offered by the British Army. Um, and he assembles a group of enlisted men through a network of recruiters across the British Isles, um, um, offering them um, big financial um, incentives. Big firm. Percocet. <laughs> Molly Percocet. Big firm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is um, the second time we've referenced Little White on this goddamn podcast. <laughs> so, uh, McGregor set sail for South America future, on November... Bro. On November 18th, 1818, um, aboard uh, a former uh, Royal Navy uh, brigantine, uh, which was renamed the Hero. Um, with him, he has 50 officers and over 500 troops, uh, many of them Irish, um, and they uh, they follow him over in the next month. Okay. They are, they are critically uh, under-equipped, and they have virtually no arms or munitions with them. Like so they're going in on hopes and dreams. They're going in in socks and sandals is what they're doing. <laughs> uh, the European when they, way. When they when they uh, when they first arrive, when they, when those socks when those socks and sandals land on the beach at, at um, <laughs> Normandy at, at OK on uh, February 1819. Um, don't make fun of my Irish people. The, many many of the men um, many of the men come close to mutiny because McGregor doesn't have the 80 silver dollars uh, that each man was promised um, by his recruiters when they arrived in uh, South America. Mm, that's a problem. He betrayed them for 80 you, silver you, you, dollars, which you is can't very hire merc- like You cannot hire mercenaries and then be like, I can't pay you. Um, so uh, McGregor, he, he persuades um, some South American merchants in Haiti uh, to support him, um, but... Um, he, uh, but he, soon after that, he procrastinates. Um, How does he get the, the line out to Haiti? Because it's it's not very far from where he is. Because he's because he's in uh, he's in I Venezuela. Thought, oh, I thought he was in England. Okay. No, because remember they 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 got to South America and the men are mad because they were promised to get paid. He doesn't have any money for. Got them. it. I yeah, instead of an eight month journey to England, he's like a six month journey to Haiti. Yeah, time, a little time, bit closer. Time flies little, so a little, little bit closer. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, but he he procrastinates and, and only gives the order to, uh, to 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 sail for the island of San Andres off the off the Isthmus of Panama on uh, March 10th. So about a month later. 
You know what I was just thinking? Do you know how frustrating it would be to be in the Americas back then in this time? Write a letter to somebody in Europe. You send it across the ocean on one of these boats. It takes six months to get there. That person reads it. They send the letter back. It's been a year, a fucking year. You get the letter. You're excited. You open it up. And they're just like, huh? Like they didn't understand what you were trying to write? <laughs> Do you know how fucking frustrating that must be? Like now you got to wait another year and now you got to be like – you got to like really lay your entire letter out so you make sure that person understands it. Like thank god they didn't have to do like stamps back in the day and pay for like the wait for the envelope and things like you, that. You, you did. Oh that no. What, that's what the, uh, the stamp act was for. Essentially like any paper document – you like had officially made or sent or or whatever or or scribed down for you and printed you had to have a stamp on it saying you paid the tax on it oh man i didn't realize that Uh, i realized it went back that far but uh soon after uh he he goes uh he goes to jamaica uh along the way to arrange accommodation for uh uh josefa and uh and gregorio um but he's he's almost arrested there on charges of gun running um he, he eventually joins his troops at, at San Andres on April 4th, uh, but because he's taken so long to get there, um, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of the men are like close to uh, mutiny. Um, but McGregor is able to uh, restore their morale by announcing that they, would, uh, that they were going to attack the port of uh, Porto uh, Bello in, in New Granada um, the following day. Okay, so he, he went, he got to San Andreas, he got his troops from Grove Street, and they said that they finna go bust a cap and them fools in Portobello. <laughs> <laughs> but Big Smoke, unbeknownst to him, works with the gang in Portobello. And he's going to sell them out, right? Please Almost. tell me you guys played... Oh, I was about to say, please tell me you played fucking San Andreas back in the day. I did. Um, it's been a long fucking time now. Catch up with the train, CJ! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Colonel Rafter, uh, his, his subordinate commander, disembarks with about 200 men near Portobello on April 9th, um, and they're, they're able to outflank uh, a roughly equal force of Spanish defenders. Um, um, Using mushroom during, tactics. During, during a nighttime raid, um, and they, they march into Portobello without a fight on uh, April 10th. Hmm. Okay. Mm, all right. Um, so uh, McGregor and, and Woodbine, who McGregor has given the rank of uh, colonel, um, come ashore soon after this, um, and and he he begins like praising them, um, giving the proclamation: "Soldiers, our first conquest has been glorious. It has opened the road to future and additional fame." Um, so Rafter is one. Oh, you didn't do anything. Uh, R- Rafter, well, he's a general. They they tend not to do much. Oh um, my god! Uh, uh, Raft- general Marcus Aurelius from the beginning of Gladiator told me otherwise that they are on the front lines of their troops. Well, we're, we're beyond the era of of, of of even marching from the back, um, marching from the rear. Um, so uh, Rafter wants McGregor to march on Panama City, uh, but McGregor, Panama. but um. But uh, McGregor doesn't really want to go that far. He doesn't. He doesn't have uh, that much in, in terms of actual plans for the campaign, Be- because ah, because Portobello is just sort of him like pulling it out of his ass to like stop the men from mutinying. I'm so Florida centric right now. I thought you meant like Panama City, Florida. I was like, of course you didn't want to go there. It wasn't fucking spring break. Why would you want to go there? It's dead right now. It's nothing to do. <laughs> um, 
So he he spends most of his time um, sort of um, designing his um, his uh, chivalric order that he's going to make that incorporates the uh, his green cross motif. He's a fucking art kid. Uh, That's what he is. He's devoting all his time to, to art. And and after the uh, the men have not been paid, uh, they they also begin to uh, um, begin to raise a mutiny. But but McGregor is able to uh, sort of restore a little bit of um, a little bit of discipline, but not much, by promising them uh, twenty dollars more. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah, I'll give you twenty. I'll give you and twenty to. I'll give you twenty dollars to fuck off. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you twenty. Um, because uh, morale is so low in McGregor's forces that um, because they're not really like patrolling properly, uh, the Spanish are able to infiltrate straight into uh, Portobello on April 30th, 1819. Um, McGregor is still in bed uh, when the uh, the Spanish engage his uh, riflemen uh, drilling in the main square and open fire on them. Um, awoken uh, by the noise, uh, uh, McGregor uh, threw his uh, bedding and blankets from the window onto the beach below um, and jumped out after them and then attempted to paddle out to his boats on a log. Okay. Um, That's his castaway moment. But but um, he nearly uh, drowns doing this um, because he he passes out on his um, during during his swim out to the boats. But but he's saved by one of his naval officers. Okay. Um, McGregor himself uh, would, would claim that soon after he regained consciousness on the hero. Um, he raised his standard and then dispatched runners uh, uh, to Rafter, ordering him to surrender. Dispatch runners? Isn't Rafter on a completely different ship? What is he do? Dispatching Jesus Christ to run across the sea real quick? He'll run over that ship real fast and let him know. Well, no, he's still on the shore. He's like, his his troops are still in the city. He, Who do you he think literally, you are? Jesus Christ? No. He literally, <laughs> he literally just, like swam out to his ship the second he heard shots being fired. Oh, okay. I thought okay, okay, okay. Like, I thought Colonel Rafter like, was like out Homeboy, in another ship. Like like Cowboy literally like jumped from a second story window onto the beach and then just started hoofing it into the water and just started like literally just like swimming out on a log to the to the ships off the coast. Wow. Uh and um this this version is um is not considered to be accurate because it's found that um, Rafter only received the orders to this effect only after he had himself contacted McGregor on the hero, asking him what to do. Okay. Um, Rafter is, um, is, is holding down the fort with 200 men. Um, they, they keep a steady barrage and, and waited for, um, waited for, uh, McGregor to fire from the ships on the, the Spanish. Um, but, um, to the astonishment of Rafter, um, McGregor uh, orders his fleet to uh, turn about and uh, make for the high seas. He did not run away again. Shut the fuck up. He ran away again. Um, so uh, Rafter and his men have to uh, surrender. Strategic uh, retreat. That's all. I mean. and, what the uh, fuck? Uh, most of uh, mo- most of the uh, most of the surviving officers and troops um, live a miserable existence in um, in captivity under the uh, the Spanish. Um, and and Rafter himself and eleven other officers are ultimately uh, shot by the Spanish for conspiring to escape. Bro, <sighs> you're going to be treated 
like you are not in Barcelona. <laughs> um, it just, so, but he, uh, how many times is he going to run away from shit? Apparently so, for two hours almost he's been running away. <laughs> <laughs> and still, but then the and thing still is, like, being famous. Getting yeah, more he'll more like, run away and be like, oh, I a, tried my best. This is a two-parter, Ryan, so... Um, so he runs away a lot. So he makes his way to um, uh, <laughs> San Andres and then uh, Haiti, where, where he begins to uh, confer. CJ. Begins to <laughs> confer the train, um, CJ. Uh, decorations and titles he's he's invented on his officers and telling them of a planned expedition uh, to Rio uh, de la Haca in, um, in New Granada. Oh. Not an expedition back to get your boy who you just left, Colonel Rafter, because he doesn't know what happened to him. He left. He has no idea. Um. So, uh, he's briefly delayed in Haiti by uh, after having a falling out with one of his naval commanders, um, and when the uh, the naval officer that he's having the disagreements with, uh, an officer named Hudson, um, uh, McGregor, um, McGregor had him put ashore. And then seized the hero, uh, which which Hudson himself had owned, and he renamed it the El McGregor. Um, what? And, and explaining and explains to the uh, Haitian authorities that the quote unquote drunkenness, insanity, and mutiny uh, by the captain had forced him to take the ship. I'm sorry. Um, what? He then he then <laughs> takes the ship to um, to uh, Oxcase. Uh, where he uh, sells it um, after the ship was found to be unseaworthy. So he stole it and then said, oh, it's a piece of shit and got rid of it and sold it? Bro, yeah. this guy is incredible. Wow. Um, so w- when he when he arrives there, there's about 500 officers and enlisted men um, from uh, Ireland and London who are who are waiting for him that have no ships to carry them uh, anywhere, and they have they have very little equipment. Bro, this guy has big Sigma male energy right now. Big time Sigma male energy. Let's go. Um, so, soon after this, um, in, in July and August of 1819, um, first a, an Irish recruiter, um, a, a Colonel Thomas Eyre, um, and about uh, 400 men and two ships arrive, um, and McGregor gives him the rank of general and, and his uh, Order of the Green Cross. Jesus uh, Christ, dude. <laughs> and, and then soon after, um, uh, war material comes from London, um, which was sent by uh, his uh, his friend Thomas Newt on a schooner uh, named the Amelia. Um, soon after this, uh, McGregor, um, sort of in his typical uh, bombastic way, uh, proclaims his intention to liberate New Granada, but then he, uh, then he uh, hesitates. I can't hesitate, Jack. Gotta pull that trigger. Um... Because of his uh, lack of action, um, and and because um, rations and pay um, is is sort of drying up over the weeks, uh, many of the volunteers return to Great Britain. Um, the the force that originally comprised of nine hundred men at its peak, including officers, um, sort of shrunk down to about two hundred and fifty um, by the time he um, by the time he uh, attacked Amelia um, and two other um, and two other vessels. Um, or he directed the Amelia, which was one of his ships, and two other vessels uh, to Rio de la Haca on s- September 29th, 1819. Okay. Um, and um, his remaining officers also included a Lieutenant Colonel uh, Michael Rafter, who had bought a commission with the hope of rescuing his brother William. 
It's his brother William was the commander that he left to die in. Um, yeah. Okay, so now he's down to 25% of what he had at the start. Yeah. Okay. And people are not happy, but now he decides he wants to roll up in there. So Is he, like, doing things on hard mode? Like, so, does he start a game and just go to fucking veteran and just see what he can do with, like, vastly outnumbered, knowing that he could have done it earlier and probably had a better shot at doing well, things? Well, no, this is just you rolling into, like, Europa Universe House 4 without ever playing the game be like, all right, I'm going to... We're going to declare war on Spain. Let's see how this goes. Um, I am losing. This is bad. Uh, this is bullshit. This game sucks. Why is why is there an end? Why, why can't I play anymore? What was the screen? End, end screen? Um, oh, fuck. All right, go ahead. Um, so they, they attempt to uh, attack um, Rio de Oaxaca, um, but they're driven away from the harbor by cannon fire on October 4th. Um, and, he, and he orders a night landing of the town um, and said that he would take personal command of the troops once ashore. So the cannons came out and he was like, ah, it's a prank. It's a prank. And they like, uh, row back out to the, but, uh, to the sea. A, a Lieutenant okay. Colonel uh, William Norcott, um, he leads the men onto the beach and they wait for about two hours for McGregor to arrive. But he never appears. Of course not. He's a, he's a coward. Um, uh, the Norcott is attacked by a, a larger Spanish force. Um, but Norcott is able to uh, counter them and capture the town. Uh, McGregor still refuses to leave the ship, though, um, and and is is like paranoid and convinced that the flag that that shows that the city has been captured is actually a trick. Um, and even when um, Norcott rows out to tell him that they've taken the port, uh, McGregor says that he will not um, step ashore uh, for more than a day. Bro, this guy is such a coward! Oh my god. Uh, when when he doesn't um, when when he refuses to appear at the port, uh, many of his soldiers uh, swear at him and spit at him, as they should, as one does. Um, he issues um, he, he continues to issue lofty proclamations, uh, which uh, Rafter uh, recalls as being "quote unquote" an aberration of human intellect, um, and. Um, and he says as well that McGregor had identified himself as His Majesty the Inca of New Granada. Hello, mother. Hello, father. Here um, I am in New Granada. So, soon after this, uh, McGregor uh, pretty much refuses to command... Um, he, he's still the commander in name, but he refuses to actually do anything. And most of his troops just descend into being like in a constant state of confused drunkenness. Amazing. Like, do we know why he's because he's because he's largely a coward. Okay. Um, so, uh, the Spanish, they, they gather their forces around the town. Um, Norcott and Rafter decide, you know, that the situation is, is hopeless um, and they leave on a, a captured Spanish schooner on October 10th, 1819, uh, taking with them five officers and 27 soldiers and sailors. Yeah. Schooner is a sailboat. Stupid head. Hmm. Um, Wait a minute. You know I thought what? Rafter was shot no and killed Easter already. Bunny. No, this is his brother who, who joined. Oh, okay. Okay. His, That's right. Who, who saved his brother Rafter. who was shot and killed in, That's the, right. in the okay. place where they're at. Okay. William Rafter. <laughs> that was his brother's name, right? William Rafter. Um, so uh, McGregor, 
McGregor uh, convenes all of his remaining officers um, the following day, um, giving them all all promotions and uh, decorations featuring the Green Cross and and sort of um, exhorts them to uh, defend the city. Um, And immediately after this, uh, McGregor goes to the port, um, uh, claiming that he's he's actually escorting um, Air's wife and two children to safety on a ship. Um, So after putting them on a, a ship named the Lovely Anne, um, he boards the Amelia and orders the ship out to sea just as the Spanish attack the city. <laughs> my, my dog threw up the deuces. He goes, all right, close the doors. We're on the board. All right, let's go. Let's get the fuck out of here, guys. Um, like, raise lovely. the sails. Raise Gen- the sails, throw the deuces, and goodbye. Uh, General Air and the remaining uh, troops are all killed. What a fucking piece of shit, dude. Oh, dang. Um, so McGregor reaches um, uh, Ox Case. Uh, uh, to find the the news um, of of this sort of debacle has has sort of uh, preceded him there, um, and he's debacle. and he should debacle yes debacle debacle. Wait, so how did they know? Because uh, I, I I guess because he was remember, the f- he was the first one out of there. Well, Tell no, he talk. wasn't the other because remember the other two officers are like this is hopeless. We're getting out. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Okay, we're out. We're out. <laughs> Um, Maybe I should leave. So, Bye, so Kenshin Kingston. He's shunned by the community there. Um, and um, and a friend in Jamaica, um, uh, a Thomas Higson, informed him uh, through letters that uh, that Josefa and, and Gregorio had been evicted from their um, from their residence, um, and that um, that until uh, Higson had um, intervened to help them, they they had been living in a a slave's hut. Uh oh. Um, uh, McGregor himself was wanted um, in Jamaica for piracy, um, so he was unable to uh, join his family there. But again, let's talk about this. It's the 1800s. He could just show up and be like, Gregor McGregor, Clan McGregor, Connor McGregor. No, my name's uh, 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 Jonathan well, uh, Shipmast. Well, they all, like, well could, they all know. They all know who he is because he's a celebrity now. Like they've all they've all met him and like partied with him, and they're all aware of the fact that he like stole the ship from Hudson. Yeah, you can only grift uh, okay. so much before okay. everybody knows. Because it's it's all like he's like a new guy rolling into town. Like, oh yeah, I'm I was the cool kid at my old school. You would what, even if he just kind of gets off the boat and he's not in like his his finest military wares. And well, I'm, well, I'm sure they're all, I'm sure they're looking for him. You know, they have wanted posters. They're they're like, oh uh, yeah, okay. Um, so he he could not go back to um he could not go back to like working for Bolvar. Because Bolvar is, is outraged at sort of um, McGregor's recent conduct, um, and and he also accused him of committing treason um, and ordered his death by hanging if he was ever to set foot in um, South America again. Oh shit! Oh um, shit! And and we largely don't know what McGregor did for about half a year following um, the October of eighteen nineteen. We don't like have no idea. So we don't we don't really know what he was doing. He's probably just laying low. Um, mm-hmm. But in London in June of eighteen twenty, a, a biographer Michael Rafter publishes a, um, a a very like scathing account of McGregor's adventures, called the Memoirs of Gregor uh, McGregor, um, in, uh, dedicating the book to his brother uh, Colonel William Rafter and the troops abandoned at Portobello and Rio de Oaxaca. Because remember, I mentioned there was a historian named uh, uh, Michael Rafter. Um, that that was the Michael Rafter who who escaped and whose brother right. um, he killed. Um, right. So 
what uh, Rafter speculated was that after uh, McGregor uh, was um, politically, though not naturally dead, quote unquote, to suppose um, that any person could be induced again to join him in his desperate projects would be to conceive a degree of madness and folly of which human nature, however fallen, is incapable. Meaning, essentially, this man is so awful that um, that no, you, like you'd have to be. It's impossible for anybody to follow him. Yeah, this guy's so toxic that he is untouchable at this point. And he is uh, what do you call that? A persona non grata. Pretty much, but um, in the second half of this, we'll also talk about what McGregor is most famous for: throwing a chair at a school bus. <laughs> And scaring the shit out of Rose Namajunas. Where we will... <laughs> where we will discuss uh, Gregor McGregor's um, sort of what's what's referred to as the uh, the Poyet scam or scandal. Oh, no. Oh. All right. So he's, he's, a, he's definitely a grifter. Gotcha. Or more grifting to come next time on the Which bilateral is... trika. And on that note... Good night. Good night. Good luck. Go, go by land in Florida. <laughs> Florida sucks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>